Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have the privilege of having Aaron Richardson here with us today. He comes from a long line of real estate. Aaron, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Omar. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud to be on your uh, podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, there was a couple of things. We looked at some artwork before we started the interview, and I said, oh, stop, Aaron. Let's capture this. So let's look to the uh, behind you. There's a certificate there that, uh, there you go, uh, from, was that your grandfather? My grandfather uh, was the registrar in real estate, actually, just happened to have it here. <laughs> I just looked over it. And uh, I know the date that he was the registrar because I have a, um, it's it's like a brass ruler that was given to him by somebody in real estate. And it says Christmas of 1960. Wow. So he was the registrar of real estate back in the 60s for Ontario. Nice. So real estate's kind of in your blood. I guess so. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was, it was strange. My, so yeah, my, my grandfather was the registrar. My father was a broker, then a trainer or a he taught at ARIA. Um, and then he was the CEO of ARIA and then he moved over to Treb. Uh, he was a uh, CEO of Treb, Toronto real estate board. And then uh, now he's retired. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he was quite, uh, yeah, quite into real estate as well. Brilliant. And then, of course, I was looking at that line behind you, and you told me that's a, a piece of art that your mom did. So tell us about that. My mother, um, I guess we'll we'll say that she retired as well, uh, you know, five or I'm not sure, you know, it's probably longer than that, maybe eight years ago. And uh, for her hobby, she took up pyography, and that's burning and uh, burning art into wood. And so she got into it. She did some, you know, was really good. She was great at it. And then it, it just, it's like almost overnight, she was doing stuff that was like, oh, she's not just good. She's amazing. So yeah, she's got like 10,000 views or 10,000 uh, followers on Instagram uh, just on pyrography. And, and she's quite, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say world renowned now in that field. And the reason I uh, wanted you to highlight that is one, we want to give kudos to your mom, but more importantly, it's when you find passion for something uh you have the dedication to improve your craft and i think no matter what you do real estate sales biography uh pogo sticking uh if you fall in love with it that's where you have the passion and dedication to be exceptional right absolutely you have to enjoy what you do so as i look at erin in front of me uh, uh how many years have you been in real estate uh 17 years so i suspect the Aaron from seven years ago probably sucked compared to the, uh, would have been 10 years, 10 years in the industry yes. would have sucked compared to the one that I'm seeing before me now. So what has been the area of real estate where you've really been focusing on to really hone your craft? Is it leadership? Uh, like what aspect of real estate have you been perfecting to become a master at? 
Well, yeah, no, I always, uh, I always find it's like a guru, like you latch onto things that you enjoy. And one of the things I enjoy is uh, teaching training of others, seeing them succeed. That's yes. really, you know, I had success in real estate selling, and then um, sort of switched out. I figured at some point in time, I'd like to get into more on the ownership end of things. And, and, and so the succession of doing that was training and helping and teaching others. So that would be something that I'm sort of honing in on is really finding the best ways to pass on the knowledge to agents that are either brand new into the business and now taking agents that are doing amazing in the business and, and taking them to the next level. Because there's always another plateau, no matter who you are. And your mom's work is like breathtaking. But I suspect in another three, four years, she'll be creating stuff that'll be like, oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. I guess when you, whenever you end that is when like, I can't take this any further. I don't know. I haven't got to that point. I don't, I don't, and I don't think in real estate, you can. That's the thing about real estate. It's always changing, always dynamic. There's always new things to learn. Uh, we have to accept change and move with it. So yeah, I don't think that'll ever be. You know, I learn something new every single day. I think the secret to life is this, no matter what you do, whether it's playing music, I was listening to this interview and it was this jazz great. And that's not my, that's not my scene, man. So yeah. I didn't know who this guy was, but apparently somebody pretty amazing. And the guy that was interviewing him on the radio said, you know, hey, you've been like, you're like 90 years old. You probably don't have to rehearse anymore. And he goes, son, that's my best four hours of every single day is rehearsing. So even when you're a master at your craft, they work at it and there's a passion to get better. And I really don't have a good ear uh, for music, but my uh, friend, Joel, we lived with him for a little while and he would practice every single day. And to my limited uh, sense of jazz, I could hear the improvements in his playing. And that really inspired me to go, you know, whatever craft I choose to pick, you got to play with it you got to uh improve it find mentors that can help you it just uh brings joy to your life i guess you gotta have the wins though don't you like my son this morning we were talking he he this was his first year playing baseball and he went right into baseball and never played t-ball you know maybe it was covid you know a couple of years of t-ball passed him by so now he's into you know where other kids uh have played for two three years so he's you know, he's got such a nice swing, but he hasn't had the success of hitting the ball. You know, he only hit the ball once. And uh, and he's like, I don't like baseball. I said, well, you know, why is it you don't like baseball? Well, I can't hit the ball. And I said, listen, if you just kind of give it a little bit more time, you're so close. Soon as you start hitting that ball, you're going to love this sport. And that's it. You need to have some wins and some, some successes, I think, uh, in order for you to continue to want to you know, progress to the next level. And it, it will, I think it gets easier. I, you know, and, and yes, you'll still, but it's the winning and success and growth that makes you, pushes you further. Absolutely. I'm going to use a bad expression here. You know, in any craft, you need more at bats. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And, and the wins, when you hit the ball, you know, Hey, it's magical. And it's the addiction that keeps you coming back. But even when you miss them, like right now I'm learning tennis and what's interesting is now, as I'm progressing more, I can analyze what I did wrong. Whereas before it was like, it's not working. I'm not sure why. And now I'm getting good enough to go, oh, I was a little, the timing was off. And as I progress more, I'll get more subtleties as you go. Yeah. So let's come kind of bring it back to real estate. Yeah. You're training a lot of agents. So can you tell me about a particular agent that you saw could have been a, a, a seasoned agent? ready to go to the next plateau or a new agent where you saw where there was a disconnect from their skills and their mindset, let's say, 
and how you identified it and how you help them get it. Because sometimes you can see the solution and they can't get it. So it's how you communicate in a way. So think of someone and walk us through that story. I think it'll be quite illuminating. There is a good story, really good story. And it just happened this year. Uh, we have an uh, agent, one of our offices, and I'll use her name. She doesn't mind. I've asked her on this, because, uh, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Her name's Suri. And, uh, and she was doing okay. She was doing all right, but she wanted to get to the next level. So I analyzed her business. We talked about the key foundational programs that we have and set up. And I'm like, you know what? It is a mindset challenge. And, and I'm kind of getting more into one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I'm like, let's talk to you about your environment and your health and, and making sure you, you know, you like you as a person. And then let's talk about your business. So we went through the process and we put key foundational relationship programs in place. And she started seeing the success and she went like a light turned on. She just, and she closed her eyes and she just did it. And I didn't realize, like I did realize her success. I knew it would, would work if she did it and followed through. So I gave her the big pat on the back one full year of doing the coaching. She doubled her income, over doubled her income. She was at the top level production and, and she went back and I felt so good the other day. I wasn't at the meeting, but it was uh, it was a company and office meeting. And I said to all our offices, I said, pick an agent that's had some really good success this year. And it has continued to have success and have them talk about it so they can hear from the other agents. So Suri got up and I haven't listened to it yet, but my manager came back. He goes, wow, did she ever sing your praises? I'm like, oh, what she told everybody was that she didn't believe that those programs, which are like pop buys and note cards and, and uh, newsletters and all the things you always, you know, foundationally talk about, she didn't think that those are really the things that are going to make. She was always looking for the next lead. And she says, I just closed my eyes. I listened to everything Aaron did. And after a year, I'm just telling everybody, just do it. Just whatever it is, like whatever your coach is telling you, follow through and do it and just change your mindset. And she had to change her mindset. And it was all relationship based. She goes, I cannot believe where leads come from now, right? They come from the people that you've built the relationships from her pop buys and everything she does. So, so to hear the success and to hear that she is now you know, showing that success to the other members of our company and, you know, empowering them and here, I just love the fact that they're hearing it from her as a success story because they can hear it from me 50 times over and it doesn't come across the same way, does it? No, but what's kind of interesting here, and I'm going to deconstruct what you said. Yeah. And uh, so I don't really know you and I certainly don't know her, but here's my best guess is part of leadership is this, is that the people that we're leading, this fear there, this uncertainty there, and what they look for us for is this, is our trust in them allows them to borrow that trust and go on the journey. Mm -hmm. And even though she probably thought what you were suggesting was like stupid, because she trusted you, she went on that journey and allowed herself to go there, which of course allowed her to be successful. And so I think that's one of the responsibilities as leadership is to really know that your trust in them has a lot in them trusting themselves because at the beginning, they don't have the trust in themselves. And once they follow your advice, because she could have followed your advice half-heartedly, yeah. it's not going to work and it wouldn't have worked out well. And it would have proved to her that your advice is bad, but because she trusted in you and followed it as intended, she got the success and it's like, oh my God, this stuff really works. So she had a few wins and she realized, yeah. And then she kept going with it. Yeah. 
So it really does go back to what we originally talked about, about, you know, you need the wins, you need to, you know, and then now she believes in it. She's going to excel like you wouldn't believe because she she gets it now. It turned on for her. And sometimes it just doesn't for others. You know, they, they Like you said, they kind of do it half-heartedly. They don't get the win and then they give up. Because beliefs drive who we are as human beings and beliefs are self-fulfilling prophecies. And so if you get, you know, I can't draw. And if that's my belief, then there's no way I can do anything close to what your mom can do at all, ever. And if I had this dumb thing like, she can do it, I can do it, even though that's totally outrageous, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I try, I try harder, I get better, I have motivation. So yeah, so the one advice to her, if I may, is as you get more successful, don't lose sight of the fundamentals because that is the magic that's going to make your career blossom for like a lifetime. Well, and very, very often now, I find when people come in and ask questions about building their business, they're often looking for that that magic, you know, the magic key. And the one thing that's going to excel, and typically it's like, how do I get these leads to call me? How do I get, I I hear everybody's online and paying for leads. How do I convert them and all this sort of stuff. So you back up and say, wait a second, before I even answer your question, I'm into online leads. That's a, that's a hobby of mine for 17 years. I get technology and I know how to drive leads. um, And we teach how to convert, but you've got to understand you can't get there you know, before you you set up the foundational stuff, because really, and and if you take the averages in our business, 85% of the business is coming in through repeat and referral, and you got the 15% that's coming in from other sources, which is new business. And if you focus 85% of your time on the 15%, that would be a mistake. You need to focus on the 85% of your business first, get that 100%, because when that 15 comes in, you're just plugging them into the foundational stuff. And then it comes easy. So if you don't have those foundations, you're always running uphill. Absolutely. So one of my clients, uh, he's a super successful guy, runs a company, and part of his business is prospecting as well. And he's the CEO, doesn't need to do it, got a really big book of business. But every day he goes in the bullpen and he makes his calls at the bullpen, not in his office, because cool. he wants to model the behavior he wants all the rest of his company to do. It's like, even though I am super successful and make a ton of money, this is the foundation. Never lose this. And I think uh, leaders walking their talk is incredibly important. So if you take a look at two paths, the first one is going to be someone that is really successful in real estate that's reached a plateau. Mm-hmm. What you would advise them to do to get to the next plateau? And then we'll come back and uh, a new agent coming in that's maybe been in for six months Uh, how you'd advise them to actually get to their first 40 transactions. So let's go with someone seasoned. They've been in the business. Let's make an avatar. John has been in the business for 10 years, doing 35 transactions a year, has been stuck there for a while, is a bit complacent, has always dreamed of more, but has been stuck there. What would be the pieces of advice you'd give John to start doing, to break out of that and get to the 60 or 100 transactions? So John's probably a good salesperson. Probably, you know, however that is, maybe it's his relationships he's built, maybe it's the systems that he set up. So John is good at selling. What John needs to transition into is be a good coach and a mentor and be a good manager. And if he leverages his time effectively, he could come in and he can teach somebody and train somebody to do what he does. Maybe not as good, 
And he has to lower his expectations a little bit and realize that these people will have the same mindset and give the same service, but start to build a team around himself of like-minded individuals that have the same ethics that he has so that he can do more through others and manage his time a little more effectively. I would find it if John has an assistant first, right? To see if he can leverage more time to sell more homes himself. Mm -hmm. And then get to the point where he can start handing off some of the business to people he trusts as uh, as being a mentor and a coach to another person. So he needs to grow within the team, create an environment and a team concept. And those type of people, like your salespeople aren't necessarily good managers, right? They're not necessarily good business people, right? So a mindset has to shift and change there too. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I hear from a lot of super successful realtors What's one thing you'd advise people to do? Hire the first person sooner. Don't wait till I'm overworked and do it. And then I have to. It's like, do it sooner and free yourself to do that. If you don't do it sooner, you don't have the time to hire and train the assistant. (laughs) And one of the nice things about hiring and training the assistant is it forces you to systematize what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And some of the systems you're doing probably suck. But when you're teaching the person, you kind of go, why am I doing that again? And then you perfect it as you go. And... I'm going to take one tangent here and I'm going to come back. I used to be a member of the National Speakers Association. Right. And the guy that uh, set it up, I think his name was Calvert Hobbs or something. Uh, Calvert was a guy who was... Calvin Hobbs is what I thought you said. Yeah. And that's the guy who does a different uh, comic strip. Yeah, he does. (laughs) And uh, what he set up was this. It's like, there is no speaking business. So instead of me, we need to grow the pie. It was his mantra. And it was like, if I know anything you need to know, you remember, I'm going to share openly with you. This dude has been dead for like 30 years. But if you go to any NSA chapter in the world, you're going to have super successful speakers that are multi-million dollar speakers. And there's going to be newbies. And the multi-million dollar speaker is going to open up his playbook. This is the email I send. This is how I follow up. And they openly share and they've developed this culture of openness and growing the pie instead of it's my secrets i don't want to share which i thought is great leadership and as you build your organization with that first employee setting the tone for what you want to build is is critical and to moving forward so now let's take a look at new agent six months in the industry ready to quit because it's not working out well how do you rescue them and what advice do you give them to uh, start moving in the right direction Uh, Well, I do business plans with my agents and I need to find out more about them. So you ask as many questions just to determine who that person is. Who do they know? How do you leverage the relationships that they already have? And usually it's a, it's again, it's not a mind shift, mind shift uh, in terms of the, the agent I'm coaching. It's usually that the agent has to now have a mind shift of their relationships. They saw all the people they know probably saw that person as a certain individual. It's the person that I met at a party or the person that I met through baseball or a sport or whatever. And that's in their, in their mind, how they see that person. So how do we convince those people you're a realtor now and that, you know, what you're talking about and you're good at what you do. So we put up systems not only to show that they can trust the person to sell real estate, but remind them that you're, yeah, you're building a business and we're looking for your support to help them. So if you know anybody who's buying and selling real estate, you have them give me a call. And so you need to get out there and get outside of what you have been doing uh, up until now and uh, remind people and build relationships. So yeah, the first thing is you really do need to analyze where that person is in life and who do they know and, you know, what relationships they've already built. 
and and the belief systems around that because there's some people that's like oh i couldn't ask a friend for a referral oh my god i couldn't do that and it's like a belief there and there's some other people it's like friends not a problem strangers oh i can't talk to strangers and so it's really interesting kind of helping them come over those roadblocks and as soon as they come over them what i've noticed is fear is super intense and when you finally get down to the bottom of it there's nothing there it was a thought a long time ago with some small experience and because it was, uh, this is a technical psychological term, Aaron, I'm not sure if you've heard this, uh, because it was bullshit, then we start collecting other data to validate it and make it scarier and so we yeah. don't go anywhere near it. And it's our job as leaders to help people kind of go there and go, oh, so people won't think less of me because I'm saying I'm a realtor. So you know what I could, I'm going to break it down to, a, um, we often talk about success stories, but let's talk about so somebody that just didn't make it. And they left the industry. It was two years, two years. And I, I I worked with her on things. And when I look at a business plan, I break it into three sections usually. It's sphere of influence and the people I know. So what we just talked about there was where I usually go to first, because it's the easier, usually where people are at is the relationship they built. And she said, Well, I just moved in from Montreal. So I don't know anyone in this area. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, you still know people in Montreal. Well, not really. I just don't have a big sphere of influence. I said, Okay, that's fine. That is just one area that you could potentially get business from. What about a budget? Do you have any money set aside in order to build your business? Because technically, and I've you know, we've top producers that literally came on to, you know, to speak to us about the fact that they bought their business. Right. They can go out and they can advertise. Like tomorrow, if you give me a hundred thousand dollars, I can, you know, do a ten times on that. That's we can get out there and do advertising to get some phone calls. I'll teach you how to convert and all the rest of it. She goes, No, no, I got no money. I said, Okay, that's fine. What about time? Oh, I've got lots of that. I said, Okay, perfect. Let's leverage your time instead of money and relationships. And if you have time, you know, let's get out and meet new people. Well, whatever you do, don't tell me to door knock or cold call or do anything like that. And I'm like, okay. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> How are you going to meet people? What do you like? What's your hobbies? Which are this? I really dove as deep into what she enjoyed in life as possible to try and find out if she can build some relationships. And, uh, and, and she never got anything off the ground. And I felt bad for her. But if she's not willing to spend the like, time and effort to build relationships, she's not, she doesn't have the money to do it, or she doesn't have relationships to get people to, you know, work with her in real estate. I don't know if she could, she was going to make it right. And, and sure enough, unfortunately she didn't, but it really teaches a story that there's those three things that you really need to, you know, look at at a business plan and you've got to, Listen, you've got to be good at one of them <laughs> or you've got yeah. to be able to do one of them. Well, and fear is the enemy of success. And I'm sure she could do some of those things, but the fear inside was like, oh, I can't do that. For sure. I, I was actually interviewing this uh, rookie of the year in Baltimore. And one of the things she would do is she would always go out for coffee and in the coffee line, just chit chat. And people are saying, you oh, know, hey, how are you? Where do you live? And then, you know, uh, I'm a nurse. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a realtor. Really? We're thinking of buying buying a beach house in Ocean City. Really? Oh, I can probably help you with that. And she was picking up clients just from coffee conversations. 100%. And she wasn't pitching herself. It was just being nice and gracious and just chatting with someone in line. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I think it's a lot about intent. If the intent is, aha, I'm going to trap Aaron into buying a house with me, then people can sense that. If it's just like, I want to, I heard something freaking brilliant just the other day. Somebody was telling me about his manager and they're about to go into a listing appointment. And this is what his manager says. Let's go make some friends today. 
Good. That's his intent. Let's go make friends. It's not get the listing, not do anything. Let's go make friends. And I thought that is just such a simple, elegant little mind hack with the best of intentions. Because if you don't make friends, you're not going to do business anyway. And if your intent is business and not friendship, then that gets in the way. I thought it was genius. It well, hundred percent. Because you look at the percentage. If you if you could, if, and I wish there was a study for this. If you could talk to every seller and said, "Why did you choose your real the real estate agent that came in?" Oh, I interviewed three people. Why did you choose the person you interviewed? I would say there was a high percentage, over fifty percent, that would say because I like the person. That's in all sales. The, I'm sure there's some studies somewhere, but pretty much, if you don't like the person and Aaron's got this really good thing that I need to buy. I'd still kind of go, I'm not sure I, I want to do this. But if I like Aaron, it's like, he'll figure it out. He's a good guy. Yeah, listen, and there are components. It just it can't just be about, you know, well, I like the person, but they really didn't know what they were doing. They had no marketing plan and they didn't know what our house price was. Like, I mean, it can you have to have the key components, but back to relationships, they gave you an opportunity probably because they liked you. So opportunities come to people that, yeah, get out there and talk to people and build relationships. Absolutely. So as you look on, so earlier I was saying, you know, the Aaron 10 years ago versus now, you're like a genius compared to that. So what's the next level of growth for you? Like, what's the area you're focusing on that, you know, in five years, uh, what are some of the skills you'd like to really master to take your game to the next level? Uh, we had this manager and I had this discussion this morning because we were talking about uh, growth within uh, one of our offices. And and of course, my position now is um, is to help and mentor and grow the offices with the managers that are looking after the offices. So now I'm you know managing managers. So I like to do a lot uh, myself, right? I like to get out there. I like to you know um, host a lot of the training seminars and still be present, lead by example. And I'll I'll never I'll never leave that. But how do I pass along that passion? towards the people that are really running the company, which are, which is the staff below you, right? The, the employee, you call them employees, but this is the team, team members, right? We're all on the same team. So, you know, train the trainers. You can do more through others than you can do yourself, obviously. So we want to grow our company. We want to, um, and let more people know about the strengths that we have and how good we are. I believe in our product now. I believe our company is the best in the business. Now, how do we get that out there and how do we empower others to, you know, spread the word and everything? So I think that's the it's the growth of, of the company we're looking for right now. So tell us the name of the company and uh, how many agents, how many offices? Yeah, so we, we, our company is Century 21 Heritage Group. Been in business for 33 years. Pam Prescott was the original owner. Um, I've now partnered with Pam to uh, to grow the company. And uh, we're going to take it into the next level. Um, when I came on, we were about 430 agents. We're now up to 725. So we have 725 agents. That's uh, seven main offices throughout our, the GTA. And now we have uh, an office out in Hamilton as well as oh, nice. Cinco. Yeah, we're spreading our wings. It's been a good journey, but got much 20 years to, uh, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? So how often do you have team meetings? Individual offices or do you have like a group thing? Yeah, we're very structured that way. If there is a problem, a solution, anything within business in general, I think communications always what either cause the problem and or what can be the solution. I think, you, you know, we all have to be on the same page. Right. And once a week we get together and we have a very structured meeting, go through everybody's roles, responsibilities, things that are happening this week. So we stay on the same page. So once a week meetings, 
And then we um, bring that down to twice a month for the agents. So once the office meetings are individual office meetings, um, because locally there are different things that affect each office individually. And then we have a company wide meeting once a month as well. We call it a town hall at which we all get together. And really it was a huge shift through the pandemic and virtual Zoom. What we're doing today has been such um, a great tool. We get out to so many more people now because they easily can, you know, join on the meeting, whether it's on a mobile device or at home. And, you know, we still offer it in-house because I think face-to-face is always great. Absolutely. So two last questions, Aaron. Number one, what makes you happy? What makes one happy? That is a big <laughs> question. What, is that? what makes you happy? And there's probably many things. What's one thing that makes your heart smile? Oh gosh, my family and kids. I mean, I, really, my kids make. There's, there's nothing that is more valuable to me than than my family, and, and I think that that's so important. So um, we'll take business aside. I'm passionate about business, but and I'm happy coming to work. But man, like when I come home and see those kids, and and we go out for the weekend and the cottage and all the rest of it, I, I think we do everything for them. So I started this uh, project uh, last year. I was. Uh going to Athens airport, uh, leaving the country. And I asked my Uber driver, Antonio, what makes you happy? Because I figured that's what we need more in the world of. And he said, I drive Uber for 12 days. But when I finish my shift, I go home and I take my eight-year-old son and my wife and we walk by the Mediterranean every evening. That makes me happy. Because there's so many people are waiting for the job, the girl, the Tesla, then I'll be happy. But happiness is everywhere. And you need to savor every morsel of it. And then when you do get the Tesla, the girl and the job, you'll be even happier because those things don't make you happy. Well, I, I got to say, and you know, if you were to ask my kids, what makes dad happy? They'd probably go fishing. Right. And, and, and they're like, OK, listen, I love to fish. But I got to tell you, when I'm out there and if I'm by myself and I'm fishing, I'm, I'm looking around going, gosh, I wish somebody was here with me to, to experience it. I wish my kid, you know, because it's not the fishing that makes me happy. That's that's what we do. And when, it, but it's the people you share that with is really what makes it special. Absolutely. So, last question: What is one mind hack? Something you use to become uh, more productive, more efficient, sexier, sleep better, look better? Like, what's the one thing you'd like to share with the listeners and viewers? What is it, the mind hack? So, what is it that that I do in order to stay? Is it your health? Is it your you know your energy? I got to tell you, I think it's the important, it's the importance of identifying when you need help, you know, and it's, it's sometimes and you can, you can try and get it out yourself, you know, it's identifying when you need help and saying, I got to make a shift, I got to make a change, I'm not feeling great today. What is this going wrong? It could be exercise, it could be diet, currently it's diet with, I want to be healthier, I, I want to feel better. And I find, I find right now, anyway, my, my focus is, you know, just to eat better. That's the way to do it. And I think that's a worse to live by because most people do not notice when shit's going wrong till he goes really wrong. And if you could have an early warning system, go, hey, wait a minute. And then you can course correct more easily. So that's brilliant advice. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm looking forward to our next. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 